Welcome to the 16th episode of Back to Basics, a podcast dedicated on getting you educated on the basics of life and beyond. My name is Maggie Windsor, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about botany, or loosely described as a study of plants. Botany is an underrated science that is used in every area of life, from food to architecture to medicine. Humans have been using plants to solve problems since the beginning of time, so in this episode, we will delve into the definition of botany, its subsections, and how you can pursue the study of plants professionally. Let's get back to basics. The more in-depth definition of botany is as follows. Botany is the branch of biology that deals with the study of plants, including their structure, properties, and biochemical processes. Also included are plant classification and the study of plant diseases and of interactions with the environment. The principles and findings of botany have provided the base for such applied sciences as agriculture, horticulture, and forestry. Because the study of plants is such a broad term, there are multiple subdivisions that we need to be aware of. The first is morphology. Morphology deals with the structure and form of plants and includes such subdivisions as cytology, the study study of the cell, histology, the study of the tissues, anatomy, the study of the organization of tissues into the organs of the plant, reproductive morphology, the study of life cycles, and experimental morphology, or morphogenesis, the study of development. To put it simply, morphology deals with the chemical processes of how plants are structured. This subdivision is not to be confused with physiology, which is a study of the functions of plants. Physiology blends imperceptibly into the fields of biochemistry and biophysics as the research methods of these fields are used to solve problems in plant physiology. The next subdivision of biology is one you've most definitely heard of, ecology. Ecology deals with the mutual relationships and interactions between organisms and their physical environment. The physical factors of the atmosphere, the climate, and the soil affect the physiological functions of the plant in all its manifestations. Ecology also investigates the competitive or mutualistic relationships that occur at different levels of ecosystem composition such as those between individuals, populations, or communities. Plant-animal interactions, such as those between plants and their herbivores or pollinators, are also important in the area of study. The next subdivision on our list is systematics. Systematics deals with the identification and ranking of all plants. It includes classification and nomenclature naming and enables the botanist to comprehend the broad range of plant diversity and evolution. In addition to the major subdisciplines, several specialized branches of botany have developed as a matter of custom or convenience. Among them are bacteriology, the study of bacteria, mycology, the study of fungi, phycology, the study of algae, biology, the study of moss and liverworts, pteridology, the study of ferns and their relatives, and paleobotany, the study of fossil plants. Paleonology is the study of modern and fossil pollen spores with particular reference to their identification. Plant pathology deals with the diseases of plants. Economic botany deals with plants and practical uses to mankind. And ethnobotany covers the traditional use of plants by local peoples, now and in the distant past. Moving on to our next part of botany is the tools used for the job. Botanists and their branches use a variety of different tools and techniques to study plant life. One very important one is the compound microscope. The compound microscope provides a valuable and durable instrument for the investigation of the inner structure of plants. These abilities are very important in fields like morphology or physiology. Another important tool used in botany is the photosynthesis measurement. The name of this device is pretty self-explanatory, but there are different types. CO2 measurement uses infrared light, while O2 measurement requires electrochemical sensors. Photosynthesis measurements are important to botanists. They are used to assess the rate of photosynthesis. This helps us understand why and how plants respond to changes in their environment. 
The last tool we're going to be talking about today is the herbarium. A herbarium is a reference collection consisting of carefully selected and dried plants attached to paper sheets of a standard size and filed in a systematic way so that they may be easily retrieved for examination. Each specimen is a reference point representing the features of one plant of a certain species. It lasts indefinitely if properly cared for and if the species becomes extinct in nature as thousands of have, it remains the only record of the plant's former existence. This collection is incredibly important to taxonomists who rely on these collections to decipher which species of which species, what species is which, and as examples to future botanists of the evolution of plants. Now that we know more about botany, its subsections, and the tools for the job, we can focus on our next part, how to become a botanist and the skills required. Because botany is a field needed in almost every area of our life, depending on the job you want, you can end up in different industries like agriculture, environmental policy, nutrition, medicine, and the environment, as well as for different employers like private companies, government agencies, universities, or nonprofits such as museums or botanical gardens. Most common jobs are ones in labs and other facilities, and travel is almost always necessary. But we will get into further details about that later on. The first question we will answer is what skills you need to become a successful botanist. As someone is high school, there aren't a lot of technical skills you can pick apart. Instead, certain mindsets and aptitudes can bring you far in the field. First, you need a level of research and analytical skills. This includes a love or interest in learning and breaking apart complex subjects. The second skill is communication skills. As a botanist, you'll be working with other people to research, breed, or study different plant life and be able to effectively communicate is an important ability to have. If you like working with groups and find it easy to organize or leave people, this will be the job for you. The third skill is attention to detail. Attention to detail is important to almost every science-based job. Someone who is meticulous and has a keen eye for the smallest details is a very big asset. You're someone who cares and notices the smallest errors or inconsistencies in systems or work in your daily life, then you probably possess this ability. Aside from the skills you need to become a botanist, there are really only just two required personal attributes. First, botanists require problem solvers. The environmental problems that we currently face are just one genre of problems botanists look to solve. Second, botany requires very patient people. Scientific process cannot be rushed. Plants take a while to grow and research takes a while to develop. Projects may end up becoming years in the making before significant results are formed. For example, in Washington, a team of botanists get together to create the so-called perfect apple to save the Washington apple industry. It took them two decades before the newly dubbed Cosmic Crisp hit the market, and it'll be then years before it becomes common as other varieties. If you see these descriptions and think it fits you, the next step you might be wondering is what classes to take and subjects to take to get an advantage in university degrees. Classes like AP Biology, Math, Physics, Chemistry, and English are a great way to get a leg up from the competition. Extracurriculars that stand out like science fairs and clubs also can give an advantage. If you can get a job that is related to plants slash biology, parks, greenhouses, farms, and landscaping, that is also encouraged. Okay, so now you've realized that you have the skills and the mindset needed for the job. The next step you'll be looking for is good universities with botany programs in your relative area. Today we are going to be looking at five universities across the world with exceptional botany programs, starting with the University of California, aka Berkeley. The University of California contains a department of plant and microbiology that consistently ranks among top institutions worldwide for research and training in plant biology and microbiology. UC offers both a bachelor's degree and doctorate degree in botany through their department and both specialized laboratories and equipment for plant biology and microbiology. The next school we're going to be talking about is the University of Florida. The University of Florida has very different facilities related to the botany, including greenhouses, the university's very own herbarium, and the Florida Museum of Natural History, an ethnocology garden, and paleonatomical collections. UF does offer only a bachelor in general botany and botanical research though, so you'll have to complete an undergrad and doctorate elsewhere. 
The next school we're going to be talking about is the University of British Columbia. The University of British Columbia offers one of the best botany programs in North America and specializes in graduate degree programs, but also doctoral and master degrees available. It has an incredibly wide range of programs ranking from molecular plant biology to biodiversity. The school also owns their own campus greenhouse for botanical research. The second to last school we are going to be talking about today is the University of Guelph. The University of Guelph is an internationally top-ranked university with both biological science and agriculture colleges. The course emphasizes applied plant science, plant biotechnology, plant environmental science, and general botany. University of Guelph offers a Bachelor of Science in Botany and the program is offered and administrated by the Department of Plant Agriculture and or the School of Environmental Sciences in conjunction with the College of Biological Science. The last university we're going to be talking about today is Princeton University. Princeton offers both undergraduate and graduate degrees in the Department of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology. Princeton's botany degree is widely considered one of the best degrees you can get in botany. The program specializes in evolution genomics, behavior and sensory biology, ecology and the environment, conservation of biodiversity, and infectious diseases. That concludes the university section. Now you've decided or have considered your options for university and are still looking for what it means to be a botanist. Now we're going to look at where botanists work and what that means. An entry-level position as a botanist will have many different duties than a senior leader. While both are interactive, there are key differences we will go over. The entry-level botanists will usually be the ones maintaining the greenhouses and herbariums. They'll be doing the brunt work. The senior botanists, will be, meanwhile, will be managing research and coordinating with state agencies, administrating grades to stance, and tracking funds for reimbursement to states for projects. If you consider yourself to be a leader or like to be your own boss, working towards running your own research project as a senior botanist might be the goal for you. On the other hand, if you prefer to be working in the field and be doing more menial work, an entry-level position might satisfy you. As well, entry-level botanists are not usually required to travel while senior botanists must travel around two to three times per month. With that, we come to the end of our botany episode. Botany is an integral part of our life and has been for centuries. Working with plants has always been a human experience. Building along lessons, years, learn to go, and paving ways for new discoveries and practices is one of the most fulfilling things you can do. If you would like to learn more, check out my Instagram at Back to Basics Insta or my YouTube channel at Back to Basics. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.